Okie dokie. <clears throat> Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. Joel's here. Hi, Bob. Hi. This is Joel Berry. Hi. I'm Joel Berry <laughs> with Sweet Tea Films. Sweet Tea Films. So you may have heard me talk in the past on Making It or in different places about Joel's videos. Uh, he has a bunch of different characters, one of whom is named Tavin. That's right. And I've been watching Tavin videos for seven years, maybe. Something long, like that. It's a long time. Yeah. You've been making them for a long time. Yeah, I have. I have. I started in 2006. I was going to say 20-something <laughs> teens. 2006. August, um, I think. Yeah, so um, we invited Joel to come hang out for the day, and we shot some videos together and did. figured we'd... Do a podcast episode out of character, because yeah. most other things you do are in character. Yeah, I mean, on the Sweet Tea Films channel, it's, you know, out of, I think, 400 videos, Wow, probably 380 are Tavin, maybe something like that. There's a few other little things I've sprinkled in, but I put most of that on a different channel altogether. Hmm. So. Cool. At one point, I thought it would be smart to divide it. Yeah. I, I disagree with that now, but... <laughs> Hindsight. Water under the bridge. Um, so we got Joel a Lego set to build today. Yeah, it's Monster Truck. Yeah. Josh picked that one out for you. I, like I figured what could be, because we didn't know at the time if you were going to be doing it in character or out of character. Yeah. So I went with a safe bet. That is a safe bet. Either truck. way, I, I'm down with that too. And I actually have a Monster Truck uh, Tavern video coming out next week. Did you go to Which Monster Jam? I did. Went to Monster Jam. Monster Jam, I, I've only been to one Monster Truck show, and it was surprisingly amazing. Yeah, it was uh, it was very impressive. Uh, they I, I went and bought earplugs, yeah. and then I forgot them at home. <laughs> and uh, it was bad at some points, but not terrible. You know, I was a little scared. I didn't know what to expect. And you know, some people said, "Oh, you can't go without them." Another buddy's like, "Oh, you're fine." And so you just have to weigh that. I can't find this piece. Two, four, six, eight. Right. Yeah. So this is welcome to the podcast. Oh, okay. We have here to we try go. Try to talk and look at instructions yeah. and okay. find pieces all at the same time. I see what they did. All right. You're not going to be graded on your progress or anything. That's true. You can get one step done through the whole show, and that's totally fine. Yeah, I'm glad about that. <laughs> um. So I want to hear more about you know you and let people know about you, but I also want to hear from Josh. Josh, how you doing down there? What's up? I am well. I'm. I can't see you. It's like that one episode of Seinfeld where we're Sorry, all sitting guys. at the bar. Yeah. You go, I'm in the way. No, you're good. No. Okay. Well, what happened? Some... We didn't put out a, a show last week. No, we didn't. Why didn't we do that? I don't know, man. We were busy. Uh, yeah. I think that's kind of the default answer. And then we're like, Joel's coming. We'll just put one out. And then we forgot that that was a week away. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't remember what the reasoning was, but what's been going on in the last uh, week? Um, I don't know. Maybe we can save this for another day when Joel's not here, but my... Oldest son had a uh, existential crisis. Mm. Told me that uh, he thinks that the Bible is fake, and he wonders why we go to church, and he thinks it's all fake. Wow! And I'm like, okay, this is a real conversation. Let's have this one. And so we had a nice, uh, I think, a very nice, productive conversation. Mm. And that was honest. But yeah, we can save that for another day. Wow! Yeah, it was a. Uh, that was kind of fun. It's like, how was your day today? Like, oh yeah, you know, irregular. Bible's not real. All the stories are dumb. Everything's fake. Wow, those are those are big questions. Yeah, we've had uh, maybe not that extreme of a of a stance 
you know, but we have had a lot of those things come up and they have been some of the more enlightening conversations I've ever had with my kids. It was. On, on both ends of it, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's my kid, so it's a lot of hyperbole. Um, but we did. We had a really nice conversation that came from a place of honesty and we talked about uh, poetry and prose and doubt and a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it was a really good conversation and I think maybe one day we can circle back around to that. But cool. yeah, it was one of those like, oh man, I'm going to go home and have a great day today. What's at the house waiting for me? Wham. Yeah. One of those. Mm. Gotcha. Uh, any, any update on the motorcycle front? Oh yeah. Uh, next week. What day is now? It is today. So a different day than today. <laughs> it's always today. Yeah, it's totally really today. I can. You are leaving to go somewhere. Somewhere. I don't know. I don't know if you want to say where you're going, but you're leaving, and Anthony's leaving, and so I will hang out here and man the fort for a little while, and then I'm going to go drive to Tennessee to go get my free motorcycle. Yeah. How'd you get a free motorcycle? Somebody listens to this show where mm-hmm. we were talking about I don't know, random nonsense that we talk about. <laughs> Sometimes that random nonsense speaks to people. Right. And. <laughs> I had mentioned that I'd always wanted to rebuild a motorcycle because I don't know a lot about cars. I was a helicopter mechanic in the Army, so I can build uh-huh. a helicopter, but I can't fix my own car. Okay. I'm like, well, maybe I should start somewhere simple like a motorcycle. And yeah. somebody reached out while we were on our way back to Atlanta, offered a free motorcycle. Bing, bang, boom. Internet, give me a free motorcycle. Wow. So you're going back next week? Yeah, maybe? next week, whenever these other two jokers are gone, I'm going to go drive down to Tennessee and pick up a... A motorcycle that's in pieces, so it's a project. So where are you putting this? Like, what are you taking down? Are you taking down like a hatchback or a truck or a trailer? I'll probably like, go. What are you putting this motorcycle? I'll probably take a trailer, a small trailer. Okay. It's a small white uh, motorcycle. Gotcha. I was wondering about that as well. Um, I wasn't going to ask you. I was just going to take the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was wondering if you were taking an open trailer or something closed because you know, I mean, there's potential for. Parts to fall off and bad weather and stuff, and I don't know if you. I haven't thought that that far. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to take the open trailer, put the bike on it, and then just take all of the rest of the bits and throw them in a Rubbermaid box and throw them in the back of the Jeep. Yeah, I think I can probably fit it in the Jeep. To be honest, I fit a lot of weird stuff in there. Yeah, I think I can put the seats down, put a motorcycle in there, and see why not. Hmm. Before. Above average intelligent human beings right here. Do you think I could fit a small broken down motorcycle? If it's completely broken down, absolutely. It's got the wheels on the frame. So it's got forks. Probably not. Because that creates a big like uh, trapezoid, you know? Mm -hmm. But I can fold the the middle row seats. I can fold them down and just lay it flat. I don't know. I think my idea is not in. Uh, Yes. The motor's in. Oh, well, that's going to put a whole lot of weight in a really awkward spot. To, you know, to manhandle it on its side. Mm. You can have all that weight right in the middle. Mm. Um, I mean, you could. Yeah, no, I haven't figured that out. Honestly, if it's on its wheels, though, putting it on a trailer makes more sense because then it's just upright the way it should be. And, Hmm. you know, sounds like an adventure ahead for you, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's fine. And I think it's going to be a good time. So good luck. No, it'll be cool. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I I talked to my wife recently and she was talking about uh, this. Yeah, good habit. Routinely. Uh, This coffee and wine bar thing. That I've been trying. I bought one at IKEA, and she doesn't like it. But every day I try to make it a little bit nicer, and she tries to make it a little bit nicer because mm-hmm. she wants me to build one, and I really just don't feel like it. And then she looked at it the other day. She's like, "You know what?" She's like, "It doesn't look too bad." I'm like, "Yo, I think I won." She goes, "But I still don't want it." Uh, oh, like, well, never mind. So what's it? What What do you do to make it look nicer? Just out of curiosity. 
I build, I build prettier yeah. things and put on top of it. Okay. She wanted a thing to display tea, so I made this walnut little tea box thing. Displays like tea? Yeah, like, like little bags of tea. Okay. She's, she collects and drinks tea, not as yeah. much as I would imagine a person mm-hmm. that would necessitate an entire display case for tea. A gun. Yeah. A <laughs> gun rack. But she didn't like it. And so the whole point of that was uh, I, I just got to figure it out. I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm doing. Oh, I don't yeah. think I ever know really what I'm doing. I'm just presented with a situation in life uh, and then everything will be okay. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good way to look at everything. But So you are going to have to replace that thing that you bought with, I mean, is that the definitive stance now? Are you still pushing for uh, winning over? I think that there is a certain level of apathy that will eventually win out. I think that's what I'm hoping. Gotcha. That I can make enough pretty looking things that it will distract from the fact that she doesn't like it. That's true. If you cover something ugly with enough other stuff, then you can't see that it's ugly anymore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, that's, there's that's where I'm going thus far. One approach. Um, <clears throat> well, let's see. For me, this past week, I don't think really anything's been good. We're back into soccer season, um, which, if you remember last year when I was kind of doing soccer s- stuff for the first time, I was a little hesitant about how much practice and how many games and all that. <clears throat> so, Joel, I'm not really a sports person. It's Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's time-consuming. It's a sure. lot. It's a lot. And so I was a little worried about what all that was going to be for the family. It turned out I really liked watching. Yeah. And, you know, doing – I mean, I don't do much. I take them to practice and go watch their games. I'm yeah. not a coach. But it turns out I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. So I was a little excited when soccer was starting back up, yeah. other than the busyness. But, right. you know, so. Yeah, that sounds, sounds about right how busy it is and you're going to practices and games and uh, then back to practices and then trying to find shin guards and wondering where the cleats went. (laughs) Yeah. So my wife did this cool thing where she made little baskets, um, put them by the back door under a bench, Mm -hmm. and those are the soccer baskets. So everybody knows their cleats, their clean socks, their shin guards, their whatever. Yeah. It all goes in that one place. So it's on the way out or on the way in, you know, depending. And that's helped out a lot. That's cool. We did okay. that when I was a t-ball coach. Is we we got a couple of those uh, little Rubbermaid whatever tote things from a dollar store and wrote all the kids' name on it, and you put it underneath the bleachers so that you can set the batting order, and then it's a place for them to either put their glove yeah. or put their hat or whatever. So it's a little like it's a thing for that kid. Yeah. But it controls so much as like a coach or an assistant coach or like a parent at the game because yeah. it is just pandemonium with little kids running around doing oh, stuff. Sure. And just dropping stuff everywhere. Yeah. Like soccer, you have shin guards that's attached to the kid. The ball is left out on the field yeah, when they're not doing it. Much. There's not a lot of stuff. But if your kids play like a t-ball or a baseball or something where there's additional gear, setting yeah. that stuff up made life so much easier. Keep everybody in line. Look, I made a robot, you guys. That is Ooh. a robot. Awesome. I, I What's finished, he do? I he... have no idea. It's in some kind of anime show that I've I've seen like five seconds of. Okay. He flies and fights crime, like I guess all <laughs> non-bad guy robots do. Yeah. yeah. So he's a good guy. Where's the camera? Oh, I forgot I had a camera over here. Check it out. There's so I am, uh, while you're showing off your robot, I am working on one of my old sets. This is an old Star Wars B-Wing set uh, that I had in Savannah. And like when we moved, I took all my big sets apart and put them in bags. And it's cool to revisit the set, but it's also weird because all of the pieces are in one big dump. And so I have to, you know, go through them and find the pieces. They're not in their individual bags. Anymore. Right, numbered bags, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, which is what you're doing. But yeah, I've got a, a lot more help. Yeah. So. so anyway, that's what I'm up to. But what I would really like to hear about is Joel. Yeah? 
Joel. I know about him. Start at the beginning. Day one. Okay. I'm just kidding. There was a brand. Now, tell us about what you, what all you do. And because uh, uh, we were talking a little while ago in the car, and you do a lot of different stuff kind of mm-hmm. at the same time. So Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's people out there that do uh, are in the arts or some sort of freelance. You kind of get that uh, in order to make ends meet, you piece together a lot of stuff. And so I have over the years, as I've tried to grow my production company and audience on YouTube and all that, and so I, uh, my goodness, I mean, I, I was a substitute teacher for 15 years, which there's a mm. lot of material that comes out of doing that for as long as I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, and then uh, teach college. I've taught college part-time for quite a while, over a decade. And uh, production company, Sweet Tea Films. So I shoot and edit and produce promos and commercials for clients. And then I act, you know, TV commercials and um, as my character when i've done live shows you know there's events where i've gotten paid you know performance fees and obviously selling merchandise and that kind of stuff and you know i don't have a huge youtube audience so that was not one where i was you know i have this just chunk of money that comes in every month from advertisements or that kind of stuff but um all of that you know little little avenues of revenue that have come in over the years so what's the, um, I mean, I was asking you earlier, sorry to know the answer to this, but like with all those things, what's the thing that you really, mm-hmm. if you could pick one and run with it and it was fully supported and yeah, what's um, well, I, I definitely like my creative work where I'm creating characters and stories. Um, you know, I've done three minute episodes for, you know, since 20, 20, 20 yacht six <laughs> since 2006. <laughs> and then, um, I write, you know, I write scripts, short scripts. I've written a couple of award-winning short films, and then I write features, and that's the goal is to make make films, but uh, that's a that's a long road to get to. So that's what I like to do. I like to write. I like to act. I like to kind of create my own branding, uh, my own, you know, there's a certain style of things, a way I like to do it. And so, and like I had mentioned to you earlier in the car, it's a little a bit of a slower build when you're trying to, just not plug into other people's stories, but create your own. So right. Well, with creating your stories, when you're when you're doing a tavern character and you create all these other people, mm-hmm. like we talk about it here, where Bob's grown up here, he grew up in in Georgia. I grew up in a Panhandle, Florida, and been all over the South. Like, and some of your mannerisms are so fluid. Yeah. That it, it where does that come from? Does it come from? your own family backstory? Like, are there people that you're mimicking to be able to do that with such consistency? I think to some degree. Yeah. There's, there's definitely people that you know, or, you know, uh, elements of certain people. And even some of of it is myself kind of how I am or my preferences. And then you just, yeah, you just do it. I think so much of comedy is observing real life. And then, uh, at least with my character Tavin, people have said, Hey, I know that guy, or I went to school with that guy, or are you from this town or whatever kind of thing. So, um, or what area? I don't know if someone's asked if I was ever from a specific town, but you know, some sort of area. But did like you represent somebody? Yeah, that they yeah. Um, and early on, like I had somebody say uh, we named our kid Tavin, and I was like, "Oh, that's Sh- awesome!" Surely you didn't. And then I went to their <laughs> Facebook page, and I'm like, Tavin's learning to walk, and I'm like, "Well, they did." Whoa! And then. Um, Somebody else asked Tavin to be their best man in the wedding, and I turned that down. <laughs> you know, maybe I shouldn't have. 
Oh, I was man. just like, no, I don't think I can make that. I just was like, how? What am I? Am I going to be in character all day? And like, I can't eat with those teeth in my mouth. So yeah, uh, they're going to feed me and all this stuff. But <laughs> it would have been a story. It still is a story. Look, I'm telling it now. Yeah, I was asked to be a groomsman as Tavin. That's pretty um, wild. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of people I know. And long answer to your question, Josh, and and myself, and like elements of other people, and some of the stories or the scenarios are real. Some of them made up you know i would hope that they're not all real because that would be insane some of yeah. the stories are pretty uh pretty out there pretty funny yeah i had a family member who broke uh, their back tooth off and decided to super glue it but they when they super glued it back they super glued their tongue to their tooth <laughs> and so they had to get hydrogen peroxide and gargle with it to like make it come loose and it was just a hole wow oh and hearing that story told so i, t- I did that one once this time talking about the dental mishap and- <laughs> That's pretty wild. So how did you, I mean, like, what was your background, your younger life, you know, growing up into filmmaking and characters and comedy and like, what it, like, how did you get to that? Yeah. I I mean, I just, growing up, you don't really have a category. It's not as prevalent as now. Like so many people have grown up shooting videos because they've got a HD, you know, phone in their pocket with a camera on it. But I would record cassettes, you know, me playing different characters and stuff, um, and so that was always an entertaining kind of thing. And then in the early 90s, we got a video camera. My family did. And I was all about making movies or videos. And they uh, they weren't good. You know, like it would be one of those things where you, you plug in your the RCA cables from your mm-hmm. video camera to the back of your TV. And yep. then friends would come over and we would watch the videos I shot or we made. And... You know, it was a hoot. People laughed and stuff, but you look back and like, man, there wasn't a story. It was just like a silly thing. And part of it was just the novelty to see somebody, you know, your buddies on video was neat. Now Mm -hmm. it's a little more sophisticated because the consumption starts at such a young age and the quality is higher. So, yeah, that's how it started. Um, I never thought that I, well, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think, hey, I'm going to do this or that. I really uh, my undergrad degree was in psychology. There was no film hmm. at the college I went to, and um, I thought, well, maybe I'll do something with psychology, but I never did. Hmm. Nothing at all? Nothing at all. I went straight from undergrad to grad school, which was film production, and then uh, since then I've done, you know, like I said, worked at Starbucks in grad school. I uh, went on to substitute teach, and all the while I was working on creating stories, writing scripts. And then it wasn't until 2006 where I said, I'm going to try to, um, you know, create this character. I'd been kicking around for a few years, and that's that's what I did. And then it was kind of through YouTube. A lot of stuff happened because I got a commercial agent uh, through YouTube, through somebody I met, and he, he sent his, uh, Nathan Barnett, I was talking to Anthony about him earlier, and Nathan passed along my videos to his agent, and the guy was willing to represent me. And hmm. yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff, uh, which I guess is similar in some ways to you. Like YouTube's helped a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, and like you did something with Rhett and Link back in the day, right? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I first they were doing a thing. I think when they yeah they were still in North Carolina out of their basement or wherever they shot, which was like a show kind of similar to what I think became 
what they do now, but um, they interviewed me on Skype. I was happened to be visiting my parents in Sacramento, and so and they were in North Carolina. We set it up, and I was Tavin, and so they they interviewed me as Tavin. And then after that, I I had asked them to help me with a couple of videos, and they did. And then obviously they got pretty busy over the years. So <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, and I, I've done uh, a few videos with them. I feel like that might have been where I first saw the Tavin stuff. I'm not exactly oh, sure because really? I really don't remember when it was, but yeah. I know I was watching them around that time period, so yeah. it might have been that connection. Could have been. They uh, they got a they got a pretty big audience pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. My first week here, Bob, we were talking about something. You had made like a, a silly comment about butter. Uh-huh. I'm like, uh-huh, okay. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. And then you looked at me deadpan. You're like, you don't know where that comes from? I'm like, butter? Like from cows? Right. And you're like, no, sit down. And we just binge watch a whole bunch of Tavin videos. I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching. I'm like, is this real? Right. I'm like, I'm, the teeth are kind of a giveaway that it's a character. Yeah. And then at the end, Joel, what do you usually, you're like, oh, hey, this is Joel from Sweet Tea Films. I'm like, whoa, he's a real person that just talks like a real person. <laughs> yeah. That and one. That even was... now, like you've been hanging out here with us for the day. Yep. And as soon as you break into character, like it is, it is bonkers. It's yeah. crazy. It's like uh, a whole different. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a hoot. That butter video was, did really well out of all my videos. You know, it's gotten circulated the most, I think, although there's one that has more views and it's only cause it got featured on the front. It was a Thanksgiving video back in the day when you could get featured on the front page of YouTube and it got featured, but it, that wasn't like people that liked it circulating. It was because it was presented to the masses. And, oh, right. You know, you get people saying all kinds of things about you. I think I had to ask my wife to stop reading comments because she was getting worked up. Yeah. Because they say, you know, whatever they feel like. So the, um, yeah, the butter and the milk videos are two of my favorites. And those are the ones that we always, like, if we meet somebody new or we just talk to some friends who have never seen them before, we're like, all right, you got to watch these two videos. That's this funny. is where you start. This is your mandatory reading before right. we can be friends. <laughs> That's right. If you want to be my friend, you have to. No, I'm just kidding. But it's funny because those are and have been for years just staples of us. Like, you want to see something funny? Watch these two videos. Do you remember? Really uh, do you know the names that Tavin gives uh, lactose intolerance? Uh, I know several of them. Yeah. <laughs> milk trait behavigeny. <laughs> no, it's milk trait androgyny. Yep. I think there's both. There's milk trait behavigeny. Milk toast eulogy. Milk yep. toast eulogy. <laughs> something about a rosary. I think there's a yeah. milk, milk trait rosary or something like that. Yeah. I don't know them all. Like when I've done live shows and I've tried to do that bit live, uh, it changes. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. I try to rem- remember it as best as I can. Well, so, I mean, you've done so many videos and we were talking about this earlier like there's always these supporting characters that are never seen in the videos they're always just yeah. these yeah, cheaper that way town. yeah <laughs> you talk about the people in the, in the town how yeah. often do you have to go back and try to or, or do you even try to make like connective tissue or like through lines through multiple um, videos with a certain character or you know like milk yeah silly names and stuff like that yeah it's not often i at one time in the last couple of years, I went back because I, I was certain, like Mort Dwydell is one of the characters in the videos that Tavin talks about. And I was certain Mort Dwydell was the guy uh, who started the boxing gym in town because he had like little stubby legs and a powerful kick or something like that. But I went back and it was somebody else, some other name I gave that guy. So I was like, oh, well, 
um, <laughs> you know, I just fact checked myself, and I was that's funny that you <laughs> I was wrong. But Do you go um, to shows, and when you, I imagine like a Comic Con style thing where people are like, "Tell me about your character," and you have to like brush up on your own body of work. Uh, well, at shows, um, I'm just in character. Now, some people are like, "Do you have any kids?" And then I'm starting, you know, I got the teeth in my mouth, and it's like, okay, they're really asking about Joel. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, yeah, a lot of it's just, you know, photos and and smiles and uh, I love what you did or I like what you did or whatever. Um, they're not, they don't get too in-depth on the interview stuff. The so, lore. Yeah. Having lore. Um, yeah. They kind of want to know about me. Maybe because I don't talk about myself as much in my videos. I really ever. It's, it's, I, I tried to just... Somewhere along the way, early on, I got the sense that people didn't you know, want to see me. They wanted to see Tavin. So. Hmm. Interesting. And I don't know where I, I don't know. I don't know that anyone said that, but I knew that he was popular. That's kind of an interesting thing, though, because you were talking about the branding and like building your own brand and stuff. Yeah. And something I think about having all of those. Here's some unsolicited advice, opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take it. <clears throat> about having a bunch of characters is that. If people are familiar with the characters, but they don't really know what's behind them, uh, I wonder if that could be a way to build brand by being the grounding factor between a bunch of different characters, being you, yeah, you know, and people knowing you more. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's something to that. Yeah. I think there is, and I've heard. Actually, it was Rhett one time early on. He said, "Man, I'm I'm looking at your site, and it's like, who are you? Like, you know, we try to be as transparent as we can or upfront." And obviously, that's worked well for them. So yeah. um, there's something to that. Um, and I just uh, haven't gotten complete clarity, although I have done more of just as myself and talking to people, especially on um, Patreon, the people that follow me there. It's like, well, I just want to, hey, this is an update. Here's what I'm doing. Here's my plan for, you know, tavern stuff or other other videos or projects that I'm working on. Well, and I saw um, not too long ago that you do online courses too, right? Yeah, I did that in the last year because I've taught college for so many years. It's like, why don't I just create a class of the things I want to talk about and then if people can find help from it, that'd be great. And, you know, it's like I did one called Successful Short Filmmaking. Since I've had, uh, you know, success making short films, I was like, well, here's my approach to it. And so it's very like... It's not like a how to edit class or how to direct class. It's like, this is how I approached it. These are the pitfalls we ran into, you know, whether it's money or locations or whatever. And this is how we did it and um, got around it uh, or, you know, were able to solve the problem. And so there's that. And then one's creating, uh, what is it called? Creating sketch comedy and uh, comedic characters. Creating comedic characters and sketch comedy. And so I talk about creating Tavin kind of the stories and the approach to that, and then how I took him from YouTube to the stage and to live shows, which was a different monster I had to figure out. Hmm. Um, and then, because Tavin, people like Tavin because he's a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Well, stand-up comedians, a lot of t- some are storytellers, some are like joke, punchline, joke, punchline. Right. And so I tried to figure out the balance in live shows of just telling a joke and a punchline and then just kind of weaving stories in. Because it's really not good, to, in my estimation, at a live show if you've been talking for three or four minutes with no laugh. So it's kind of like you got to land the plane and say something funny to uh, end, finish the story. Gotta, you got to hit the waka waka. <clears throat> yeah. So, and then uh, Percy Gammons is another character that I've developed in the last couple of years. He's kind of like a long haired, uh, aspiring country musician who 
works at a pizza place and plays in the lobby, his gigs. And <laughs> and then Wen Lake, who's kind of a throwback artist, but he's not really good at art, but he talks about it a lot. And he does movie poster reviews. Where he, I, I really like that character. Yeah, he just looks at a movie poster and can tell you what he, it's going to be about. And he's way off every time. <laughs> They're really, really funny. Thanks. Yeah. Well, cool. So, yeah. so, I mean, how's the the online course thing been? I guess, well, or I guess, well, two two things. What did you expect out of that, and how's it been? Well, I expect it was one of those things where, oh man, the front of my car just fell off. I'm making a monster truck. Did I tell you guys that yet? Did I say that out <laughs> you loud? You can smash. Yeah. Monster yeah. trucks are meant to come apart. Yeah, it's not even built yet. That's the bummer. Okay. Um, I just it was one of those things where, as a creator and people that are. Artists probably, you know, have run into this too. It's like, I, I'd like to do something uh, creative and what's the next thing? And I, I teach anyway, so it's like creating these, this class. And I, you know, one thing is um, passive income. If there's some money to be made. Now, I don't have a huge audience where that's, that's going to necessarily take hold overnight. But my friend, another YouTube friend of mine named Jack Vale, who's, he's gotten pretty successful. He, I mean, very successful. He makes a living off of YouTube. He makes... Uh, prank videos. He has a product called the Pooter, which makes fake fart noises. He goes to Walmart and Target and does all that. And he's got excellent over a million subscribers. And he's hosted some television stuff and all that. And he uh, he was like, um, "Hey, have you heard of this this website? It's called Udemy, where that's where my classes are hosted." And he, I was like, "No." And then he's like, "You should try it." So I did. So I made those two. So he's the one who put it in my head. And then we. We shot a class for him where he talks about his approach to making prank videos and all that. Hmm. Um, I don't think he's posted his, but uh, yeah. So that's that's how it happened. It was just one another opportunity. It's like you're always trying to like put something out there. There's a balance between always trying to try something new and put something out there to build your brand, and then also putting out quality, not just right winging stuff out there. And I think you know sometimes I've done well at that. Sometimes I haven't. Well, that's that. Yeah. So what's the plan going forward as far as like, uh, or do you have a plan with the characters and with, you know, do you have more classes planned? I've been brainstorming classes on the plane last night. I was thinking through stuff, but I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what the class was I was thinking about. But um, I write screenplays. I write feature-length screenplays, and um, I've gotten some good feedback. Uh, you know, I started in years ago, right out of grad school, learning to write uh, in feature format. And I found success writing short films. So that's the goal is to try to get uh, features made. But because I am building my own brand and there are stories I want to tell, I got to find the balance between maintaining control and, Hmm. you know, writing stuff that you would just maybe sell to to get things going. So you said feature format. And as someone who's not ever really officially been in any kind of film world. Mm-hmm. What is that, and how is that different? It's like a film that you would see in the theater. So well, it's I mean, like, I mean, I, like feature. As far length. as the writing, like, what's the format? Oh, for- got you. Sorry. Um, uh, well, scripts are a page a minute, essentially. So if you write oh. a ten-page script, you got a ten-minute film, okay. give or take. Sitcoms are a little different because they talk so fast. Yeah, like Gilmore so like, Girls. It's like a three hundred page. Format. Right. Like an episode of The Office might be thirty-three pages, but it's a twenty-two-minute episode. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so, you know, you're, t- you're looking at 90 to 120 pages, you know, hour and a half to two hour movie gotcha. falls in right there. And so, 
Um, and there's a formula like anything. You know, first five minutes, there's usually a call to action for the hero by page 28-ish or so. They've tried something and failed. And about halfway through the script, they're at their lowest point. If, the, if it ends on a high point, if it ends on a low point, then they're at their highest point at the middle of the script. Um, and then, yeah, you find these beats all the way through uh, moments that are compelling. And then that's what the rewrite process is of getting rid of the stuff that doesn't help or characters like, you know, if this character, these two characters could be combined into one character, then do it. Hmm. So it's uh yeah, it's been a fun, fun process. I've had some really good uh, help along the way. People that have given me feedback and, um, let me get better at it because that's what in grad school it was production I, I didn't go to f- school for script writing so I actually learned that on my own just afterwards hmm. by trial and error in a lot of ways which has been fun yeah awesome you know so you well, have three kids or how many kids do you have I'm sorry yeah that's right you have three kids I got three kids so gotta, people ask us a lot because we have a silly job um, uh-huh. Like, how do you explain to your kids what you do for a living? Or, like, have you gone to career day? Yeah. Like, how do you explain that to your kids? Um, I, sometimes I've asked them, hey, what do you think I do? Uh, I remember my daughter when she was really little. I was like, where do I go to, uh, or where do I go for my job? And she just said, to work. And I was like, all right, that's true. I just, <laughs> I just go to work. Um, so, what was your question? What do I tell them? I yeah. Do? Like, how do, I how do you explain? Do? Are your kids of the age where, um, their friends, their friends' parents probably have traditional jobs. I don't know. I mean, you live in yeah. Los Angeles, so that may be a little bit more. Uh, no, you're right. Wider variety than here in Kentucky, but yeah. So, um, what do I tell? Well, they know I teach college. Like you or my son, like you teaching today? I'm like, yeah, that's where I'm going. Or if I say I'm working from home, then they know I'm either editing something, or maybe writing, or maybe shooting something, or shooting, you know, on location somewhere. Um, but my daughter came to me in the last year and a half or so. She's 14 now. She said, Dad, I need to watch more of your Tavin videos because my friends keep talking about them. And I don't even, I'm like, well, they're there. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, she's helped me shoot them. She's she like works camera and sets focus and stuff like that. But, you know, it's like when you're around it, you don't think you're probably watching them. Hmm. And so I said, yeah, you can watch them because I guess she had enough buddies or pals that were like, that's funny when your dad does whatever in this one video. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's pretty so, wild. Yeah. Oops. I mean, I say that's wild, Strong but at the same language. time, like, my kids don't watch most of our videos. They yeah. know of them. And, you know, a lot of times they'll be like, hey, did you ever make a video about that one thing? I'm like, yeah, that was a year ago. Right. And they're like, oh, we just never saw it. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to show myself off to them. You know, it's yeah. not like. The only time my around. kids want to watch is when they think they're in the video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think your kids are home, Bob. Yeah, that's what happens during this show. Usually uh, the kids come home from school and they bounce around above us and make noise and stuff. And my wife walks in to say hi. Hi. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Uh, Have you been asked to do career days? uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. No. Oh, you know what? I am supposed to go and speak at this. uh, So my kids are homeschooled, so it's like, I mean. Really? Yeah, so if they, if they, um. It's career day. It's my wife saying, hey, why don't you come talk to the kids? <laughs> uh, but um, they go to a, this uh, academy once a week, and I have been asked to come talk about filmmaking there sometime soon, I think next month. See, we homeschool our kids. 
Yeah. So I didn't know if it was. Yeah. You're you're a fellow weirdo too. It's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, how, long we, how long have we been running? Your, yours isn't close to being done yet. No, but so. I'm actually pretty far along. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I didn't see that over I there. A, I just saw those right there. I was oh, yeah. like, you got the guy put <laughs> Look, together. I made the minifig. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I got some progress on this thing a little bit. Um, what nice. else do we have? Do we have any pros and cons or anything uh, this week? We should have gotten some, some Joel Berry specific pros and cons. Actually, while he's finding those, um, I, I think I'm more determined than I need to be to finish this monster truck. No way, you got to go. It's a monster yeah. truck. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as someone who uh, you know has done film stuff for a long time, do you have like, are you one of those like film snobs that has super strong opinions about the right and wrong way to make movies, and these to, movies are terrible, and these movies are awesome, and that's it? Are you to one make of those, em? like Anthony? I'm just kidding. I. You know what? I yeah, I tell my students too, like when I because what I I teach broadcast and cinema at the college level, and I'm like, there's rules, and you can break them in filmmaking as long as it doesn't bug your audience. So it's kind of like, well, there's not always one way to do something. Now there's a certain structure, there's a format, there's composition that's con- you know aesthetically pleasing that you kind of abide by, but the, sometimes when those are broken. It can be more compelling. So it's not like, oh, it has to be done one way. But at the end right. of the day, can't be bored. Nobody goes to the movies to be bored. So hmm. um, it, you have to be engaging and then not get pretentious to where you draw so much attention to some cool drone shot that we forget about the story or, or like, what's this about? Or I don't know. That's that's my thought. Hmm. Do you see that on YouTube a lot? What? To where people are, are so enamored at how they're they're displaying something or either in technology or in just like the newness of what they're doing that they they ignore the story. Well, I mean, if people are talking about technology, there's a story in everything, but it's really like information, right? So you're trying to convey information that's appealing and there's a certain style that's developed where it's these, you know, kind of jump cuts, mm-hmm. you know, quick, you know, repeatable type of way and I, that's okay. Um, as long as people Stay engaged. There's a certain, definitely a certain style there, but um, I'm not, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> that's that's nice. Yeah. Do you end up watching a lot of YouTube? I don't. I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody yesterday. They were asking me in an interview about YouTube stuff, and I said, "Well, I know I might be kind of a weirdo, but like, I really don't watch very much YouTube. I just mm-hmm. don't have time." And he said, "Actually, I've talked to." How, I don't remember how many people he said, like 10 other people in the last couple of days, and they all said the exact same thing. Yeah, like, we're I, all too busy to sit down and just browse and watch, which is kind of a bummer because I think there's a lot of new stuff, even out of our genre, that I would enjoy. That yeah. may have an impact on how we do stuff, but I just don't, yeah. I'm not exposed to it. I think there's pros and cons to it. I Yeah, I have a hard time. I mean, I'm at a season of life, but I think I've always thought I was at a season of life where I don't have time to, to do that as a... You know, I've got other things that are more pressing. And then, like, to do what you guys do, like, well, like, we shot videos today, and we are kind of surprised about how fast it went. But I was saying, well, what I do in my videos is just talk and try to say something entertaining. I'm not cre- I'm not making yeah. stuff and, like, to research things and to do things. And, like, you know, when you've done something, you have to go back and recut it and retry it, and it can take so long. It's like I, I don't naturally have that tendency to, like, sit down and plan and take time yeah. and learn it. I just, um, 
want to do the thing. And so if I have to sit and watch something, um, it can be hard on me. It can be difficult. But I say that, but I still, I, I, I watch entertaining stuff, but I, like, I just got a new camera and I'm trying to learn it. And so I'm sitting and watching videos on how this camera and lenses and stuff work together uh, out of necessity because mm. it's, because it's uh, going to help pay my mortgage. So, you know. (laughs) So when you do, oh no, I almost dropped a piece. When you do watch things just for entertainment on YouTube, what do you kind of gravitate towards? Do you have any favorites? Um, I don't uh, watch, I mean, it'll be to like watch some video that uh, somebody sent me already on YouTube. Not like I searched it out or I'll I'll check out like Jimmy Fallon. I think he's funny. He does a lot of just funny interactions with his guests and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, even my, you know, friends that I've had over the years, it kind of got a little inconsistent, you know, after a while you don't upload as much or, um, or you go just recheck their old things where you're like, I wonder what happened to that video or that content creator. And I may go check that out. But, mm. um, but honestly, lately I'm looking at how to videos on like technology stuff for yeah. things I'm buying. Gotcha. Yeah, we do that too. Yeah. People often um, get annoyed at us that we don't do more research for the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Very often. <laughs> like you just go off and... Yeah, we just figure it out. And I think that that's part of the fun. Yeah. And so like a piece of technology may be aside, but like to try to find inspiration or to try to to look for YouTube as a place for to, to help you do what's next. Yeah. Because like, somebody's already done it. Right. And then you're going to be accused of copying that person. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that's already done, which can be intimidating for people that are want to jump on and be a content creator. They're like, "Well, they're already doing stuff," but uh, there's something too finding your audience. You know? Yeah, I think. I mean, a lot of people will watch our stuff because they are looking for it to be how it was supposed to be done, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily why we're making the video. We're making it to figure it out, right? And to figure yeah. out one way to do things. And so there's like, I was talking yesterday, but there's an assumed authority. And you may, t- I don't know if you talk about this stuff in any of your classes or anything, but with produced media, traditionally, there was always a, a built-in authority to it. Mm-hmm. Because if you could afford to be on TV yeah, or have a movie in a movie theater, that meant you kind of knew what you were doing. There was a reason you got to that point. Sure. And so, and the same for like, you know, recording an album. Like you don't, you don't make an album unless you get a record deal. You yeah. can't do that unless you're good enough. You can't get a book published unless you have some sort of an authority. Yeah. And so I think there's still this built-in thing about if it's published to any degree of professionalism, then that means there's authority behind it. And I don't think we try to project that, but yeah. it's assumed on the part of the viewer. And right. So it kind of puts well, us in Well, you come out and say that, right, in your we, we trailer to, video? But, yeah, but even... Even when we say it, it's still like, well, you didn't do it the right way. Well, mm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not the point. Yeah. yeah. So, and I don't know that there's a way around that. That's just the state of. Yeah, but I think people also tune into you guys because of that, because you say, hey, we're trying to figure this out. And that's kind of uh, puts them at ease that they can try it too and not be worried I, about it. I guys. hope so. I mean, that's the, that's the point. So, yeah. But uh, we have some pros and cons. Ooh, we do. Let's see. What do we have? So the way we do pros and cons on this show mm-hmm. is they say something and then we say whether it's a pro or con. Really, our opinion. There's a lot of a lot of rules there. Okay. Yeah, just about um, our opinion. There's some weird ones in here. 
Car backup cameras. <laughs> Is there anybody that would have a con to that? I don't like my car backup camera. Really? Yeah, I don't like it. What I use you, my mirrors. What don't you like about it? That you it's there. You don't trust it. Well, that no, it's, it's there. What a convergent thing to say. No, I just don't. I think it's a distraction. I'm I'm used to backing up with my mirrors. Mm. And it's, I mean, it's a positive that I make sure that I'm not going to run over a kid's bike or something, but like, I don't use it and the little like moving lines yeah. and things to direct me. I, I find it a distraction, especially at night. It's really bright when I'm trying to use my mirrors. Um, I think a pro for me with that is that um, I don't run in, like when I'm trying to park, like finesse it and back up into a parking space, I don't hit as many things now. <laughs> Yeah, because there's a little red area where I'm like, okay. I actually, sometimes I think I'm I'm closer than the camera's telling me, so I'm like, oh, yeah. do I even trust you? But. I don't quite trust it. Sometimes I, I do probably play it safer than I need to just because, you know, it's not my eyes. But I know our car, our vehicles are big, and the back seats are high because of the amount of seats that we have in the vehicle. And so, like, I can't use all of the mirrors and fully yeah. see behind. I mean, there's just like, there's no way it would be safe. It wouldn't, it would be very incomplete view of everything mm. back there. So, and that, uh, it also, if you do get dependent on those and there's rain. Oh, yeah. It looks like garbage. Yeah. Raindrops on your uh, camera. It's a, it's a bummer because then yeah. you got to, then you realize how dependent you are. You're looking through a, like a, a bubble wrap filter. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's exactly it. All right, what else we got? Uh, lane assist in cars. Since we're talking about cars, lane assist. Well, I, I can't afford those. Yeah, I've never had that before. Yeah, that's like a different. I don't know. We different, we uh, got it in this new car tax bracket. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to rub it in or anything. Look at that. But, um, How have you found it? What's that? Well, so I don't. Can I speak to the cons? I can't. Except I. I would assume. Um, I don't need anybody telling me what to do. That's the con. <laughs> All right. So what's the pro? <laughs> so the pro is, I, I don't think they're necessary at all. I mean, I think if you had like a tendency to to doze off or to not be aware, but it's like I'm already aware of how I'm driving, and if I'm going to be swerving into lanes, it's because I mean to. Because you know, and so this is just applied to me. But it seems kind of like a weird thing when I know that I'm changing lanes and I go to do it, but the car doesn't think I'm knowing, and then it buzzes my butt, and so my butt goes, Oh, is that how they tell oh, you? See, yeah, so ours... like the left and right of our seat will kind of buzz and to tell you, like, oh, you're getting... Like if you run over the lines on the road, right? You know, the little... Like, oh, the, the rumble the strip? Yeah, but it does that on your butt, hmm. which is, I, I guess, good to let you know where you need to be focusing, but at the same time, like, it's... Calm down, robot. Yeah, it lets me know more than I really need it to let me know. Mm-hmm. But man, that sounds like I think they got to figure out better ways than turn it into a, like a massage chair or whatever you have. <laughs> you just like purposely get really close to cars. Yes, you're bored. Ooh. Yeah. Oh no, dropped a piece. I'll be back. Uh oh. The next is multivitamins. Oh, I hit something. It's all going down, guys. <laughs> That's okay. Everything is breaking. Multivitamins. I'm so determined. So. I'm I'm in my early 40s. Happy birthday, Bob. Thanks. Um, and a couple of years ago, I was like, you know what? As I start to get older, I should set some new habits. I should start to, I mean, I've been a runner for a long time, but I should do some other things other than run. And I should probably start taking vitamins so that it's a habit just because it's a thing that will be good for me long term, right? Mm-hmm. And so I looked around at a, vitamin, a bunch of different vitamins and 
Basically, I just wanted the gummy vitamins because they taste like gummy bears. Yeah, I saw those win. in your house. But too. they actually, all the ones that I've gotten, Where did I see them? don't really. Uh, they're upstairs. I okay. But they actually don't taste that good. No, it's the iron in it. It's that Flintstones. I remember the time when I was an adult that I tasted something that had a lot of iron in it. I went, that's why Flintstones vitamins were gross. Well, these are like the, these are gummy ones, not like the crunchy Flintstones. But still, it has. I think it has a remnant. These are like. Like they're trying, maybe they're trying to hide that, but they put sugar in it mm-hmm. to try to hide some flavor. And then it's like this gross, overly got, sweet gummy there's bear. There's a rule in Lego. If you have two of the same missing piece, you did something wrong. Yeah, you should yeah, only have definitely one. definitely did something over. wrong because. Um, I, I took a, uh, was it a B12 supplement? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a B12 because I got blood work done a bunch of times. And they told me I had low B12. Now, who cares? Am I going to die? And she's like, I no, think but the, you can take more of that, and it's supposed sorry. to give you more energy, hmm. uh, which I haven't really noticed. I think the con to supplements is like, where do you stop? There's so many. That's true. And they can all, you know, you go in there, and if you don't have a plan, you're either going to leave broke or leave mad. Yeah. Just leave because <laughs> it's so much to <laughs> process. I think it's a good, probably a good habit. Unless you're going to be really diligent for the rest of your life about making sure that you have a really balanced, you know, you're eating all the stuff to get all the stuff you need. Maybe that's laziness. So, like, I don't really have to worry about what I eat so much as long as I'm taking this little gummy or pill or whatever. Yeah, and the only reason I got one is because the lady was very specific about what she thought I needed. And if she went, you need to take a vitamin. I'm like, nah. Okay. Nah. Yeah. Hey, I have extras, but this one is a three-in-one. So would those? See, there, there you go. That yeah. could be. That could okay. be. Yeah. But better. you can totally add them to your little car there. You can make I mean, it awesome. Get some lights, yeah. some fenders, additional red jewel things. <laughs> I don't know why this thing comes <laughs> out. So Somebody asked about buttered popcorn. Where do we have that? The blue butter, buttered popcorn. Oh, nice. What's the question? The pros? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's come on, Austin. It's delicious, <laughs> and it's uh, good for you. It what's definitely. your what's your movie theater go to? You have a ritual when you Butter go watch popcorn. Butter yeah. popcorn. Mm-hmm. Wait, Sometimes soda. Do you make popcorn at home? Yeah. Own? Uh. Well, I mean, I, my youngest son, he's all about the popcorn, and so uh, if we sit down to do anything that involves movies or TV as a family, he makes two bags automatically now. Oh wow! Oh, okay. And so me and him, one for him, one for everybody else, something like that. That's what my son would do. And then I'll sometimes I'll melt butter and then we'll pour it over the microwave popcorn. Um, and then obviously at the theater they've got the stuff that you can dump on the synthetic stuff, which tastes awesome. The oil, so, yeah, the stuff that comes out of the yeah, oil, like, you like push the, the button and it, where it gets on your pants if you, you yeah know, it soaks through the bottom if you're not prepared. Now there's theaters that have trays, so. You just set it on the tray. So we used to buy, uh, this is not a judgment of any way. We used it sounds to, like it when you It's not. No, no, no. I'm way. trying to preface I'm because prepared. it's not. Mm-hmm. We used to buy microwave popcorn, and then at one point we stopped buying it for some reason, and I don't know what the reasoning was. I don't remember. But then it was like, well, let's just buy bags. I think maybe it was it was cheaper just to buy a bag of, you know, corn. Kernels, yeah. It's like two bucks, and you get oh, like, tons of them. Yeah. So we're like, well, we'll just make it ourselves on the stove. Because we yep. had an air popper growing up. Mm-hmm. That's how we made and it was super My wife good. does that on the stove. And so too. now we only make popcorn on the stove. <laughs> Takes, you know, a couple minutes. But you yeah. can flavor it. You can put whatever. I used to put seasoned salt and olive oil yeah. in it. <laughs> and then pop that. And you get like the burnt seasoned salt stuff on the outside of the popcorn. It's so good. So That's when good. we were at Maker Faire that year and we had dinner with Dan from Glowforge 
and uh, what's his name from Invincible Zach. Zach. One of them, I think it was Dan, had like a very in-depth conversation with, I think it was my wife, about popcorn poppers and trying to find the perfect like uh, household popcorn machine. Hmm. And it was, it's one of those weird things. Like if you think you're having a, a dinner with like a CEO from this technology company. Yeah. It's like, well, let's talk about how I can find and track down this one popcorn popper that was like made the perfect popcorn. It was Jiffy Pop? A, it was random. Was Jiffy Pop the campfire one? Is that the one that's in the little like uh, aluminum thing? And it's yeah, like, foil. It, then what was the name of the one that was on the kitchen counter? In it looks the like 80s. a tower and it like yeah, spits it, it downward. It that's an air popper. Okay. Air popper. Yeah. People use those to uh, roast coffee to beans now. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A huh. friend of mine does it. They put coffee beans in a popcorn maker? Buttery. I don't know. I don't know. They might wash them first. <laughs> Buttered yeah. coffee. That doesn't sound too bad. That's a thing. Some, some kettle, I know it's kettle a thing. corn. What's the name of the place roast? we ate at lunch today? Uh, Culver's. So I got the butter burger, and for some reason I thought it would be dripping like with butter. That place, that I, I take issue Good with burger. what they call a, a butter burger. Because what I knew of a butter burger, I saw in America's Test Kitchen, mm-hmm. and like instead of mayonnaise or whatever, they just like slather the thing with butter, and yeah. like they raved about it how it's bad yeah. for you, but it's like the tastiest thing. Yeah. And I remember we went there the first time. I'm like, let's do this. I'm like, this is just a hamburger. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's not bad. It's good. And it all, was good. Like, I just had a different a picture in my head. Yeah. Your expectations are set. They actually have a picture of the burger on the on the wall, like butter, like they're at, they're really pushing it. They and, don't deliver. Uh, it's not a bad burger. And I don't know if the picture looked like it was supposed to be buttery, but it said I, butter. So, I don't you know. think so. I mean, I think yeah. it's just in the, you know, in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Probably that's good. more so than other, other burgers. All right. What else we got? Do a couple more. So we're probably running along. Automobile remote start. There's a lot of car questions. There are. Just from Andrew. Hmm. He, had a, he had quite a few there. Yeah. I wish I had a remote start. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a. There's two ways you can look at it. It could be a show-off move. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, my car started. How'd it happen? Oh, it's remote. <laughs> or um, Wizardry. Yeah. Or, you, you know, you get it warm before you get out there. I think that's the coolest part. Yeah. I knew when we lived in Belgium, I had friends that lived in Germany, and one guy got uh, a ticket because he let his car idle in the driveway while warming up. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. It's a big no-no. Really? Why? Yeah, a lot of people. It's bad for the environment. Oh, you're just blowing exhaust. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it's anything. Warm when you get in there. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we have a garage, and one of our cars stays in the garage, and so I never think of it needing to be warmed up. But Is I it guess the if one it were, with the autocorrect. Yeah. 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 So you I guess if it were, uh, so you've got an autocorrect car and a garage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pretty cool, Bob. <laughs> And when you get in the car, but we with, don't have a remote with, start. So I'll just say <laughs> you don't have a remote start on that thing. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure you have to. That thing remembers that it's your butt in the okay, seat well, in, or your my, wife's butt. Here's in the my seat. thing. And really? There's no start on it. That thing in the middle. What's that? That's rewind. I don't know what that is. I'm pretty no, sure that's start. the start. Oh, okay. Well, maybe Can you, hit it? Can you hear the garage from here? No. Actually, I'm pretty sure I hit that one time and it didn't do anything. It, so it just flipped over. It's a it's a button that looks like a, a swirly symbol. I think that's the engine turning over. Does a backflip. That's yeah. kind of a weird like icon. A your car doing a barrel roll in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but I don't think, I don't know. For me, remote start seems kind of like a strange, I don't know. Yeah. It's but, the, it's chilly outside or there's frost on the windshield and I still have my coffee to drink. So you just kind of give it the beep beep. So really only people in certain parts of the country should... Yeah, I lived in the south and had no need for it, unless yeah. it was just raining or something. You could just but turn even the then, you just get in your car on and have it. Yeah, cool the car yeah. off. California, <laughs> same thing. You don't really need a remote start, I don't think. 
Remote syrup will give you cancer in California, though. Everything does. They'll put a sign on it. <laughs> if it does. All right. How long? How long have we been going? You guys ready to wrap it up? Fifty-five. Fifty-five. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Joel, where can everybody here find you and all of the many, many things that you do? SweetTeaFilms.com. That's my uh, my website. There's a. I mean, that's where there's a podcast I do called the Shad Devonport Local History Podcast. It's a mockumentary for podcasts where it's fake, you know, local history stories like so-and-so, whatever. And then there's the film school where you can see my classes. There's a work section where you can see like TV commercials I've been in or other work I produced for clients. And then um, on YouTube, Sweet Tea Films, S-W-E-E-T-T-E-A-F-I-L-M-S. Are you a fan of Sweet Tea being from California? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not from, I mean, I'm from Arkansas first. I grew up in Arkansas. So. Right now. Okay. Yeah, and it wasn't in the last few years, until the last few years when Chick-fil-A showed up with the sweet tea, the McDonald's was serving sweet tea, and now there's a lot of places. There's Raising Cane's out there now in Southern California, and they serve sweet tea. So there's, you got options, and then, you know, you can make it at home too. It's not enough people with the diabetes out there. No. Just spread that love. It's good. It's good. <laughs> good OT. Cool. Well, everybody go check out Joel's stuff. Uh, it's very, very funny. And I'm really glad you get to come hang out and yeah, man. shoot some videos. Um, Josh, where can people find you? Uh, on the internet, Josh underscore makes stuff. Fine. And I finished the thing. I finished the model. Oh, it's like I done. Finished, uh, it I done finished done. the monster truck crushing the little red car. Now there's other options I didn't get to. and I. You can do those on the plane. Yeah, it would take another. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I spilled a, your Legos on yeah, the plane. I spilled a Coke in my lap on the plane. Oh, I can I only imagine spilling Legos <laughs> oh. and trying to get those. It was so hard to maneuver. Have you guys seen, as a, a real quick aside, have you seen the Instagram account Passenger Shaming? <laughs> it's about people uh, shaming other people and their behaviors on airplanes. No. When they're like taking their shoes off and like clipping toenails and stuff. Uh, and so whenever you talked about dumping the thing all over yourself and how yeah. you were like trying to alert the flight attendants so that you wanted to be kind to the people yeah. behind you or the, on well, the next the, round of the flights. the seat was going to be sticky for the next guy. I'm I, sure. I think that you would have been praised on passenger shaming. They would have thanked you for your consideration. Good. I tried. I tried to look out for the <laughs> Not just one. ignore it and leave the sticky. Yeah. And it was running down the back of the tray table. <laughs> I felt like there's a streak <laughs> and I'm like, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a airplane napkin. So it's a tiny rectangle and that, that did a little work, and then my pants did the rest. Most of it. So. <laughs> well, what do you do? Yep. Cool. Well, um, yeah, everybody go check them out. And uh, big thanks to our Maker Alliance for uh, always giving us ideas on the pros and cons. If you have some more, or if you want to join the Maker Alliance and get extra behind-the-scenes exclusive stuff, uh, go to ilikesmakestuff.com slash join. And we'll probably have some behind the scenesy stuff from this trip while Joel's here because we've been yep. shooting a bunch of different things. So it's been fun. Yeah, go check that out. And thanks for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs>